on here. Okay, I think Debbie has joined also. So if you can please turn your cameras on uh, so that we can start the dialogue. So, so, so it's good to see all of you. Miss Debbie, good evening. Miss Marianne, good evening. Sri Devi, good evening. And uh, we may have few people today because uh, of the holiday, but we have three, four people total. So that's more than enough to do our dialogue. Uh, today's topic uh, has to do with positive energy. So I want to talk about that a little bit and then perhaps open the question a bit more. Uh, just for your information, Dr. Chetna is um, not going to be joining us uh, as of yet. Uh, she may for a little while, but her daughter is graduating, so uh, that's why uh, she's not going to be with us. So today's topic of exploration is positive energy. I'm just going to talk for a few minutes about it. You guys can think about what is being presented, and then we can perhaps uh, really get into it. So just give me like a, like three or four minutes to kind of open the subject, so it's good to see all of you. So first of all, if you remember from... Uh, many of my workshops and presentations, you know, we always talk about the five things, the thought, emotion, memory, desire, energy. What exactly is meant by energy is a big mystery. We know it's there, it's, it's a substance, it's, it has existence. Um, without it, nothing happens. It's a power. It, 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 activity can happen because of it. Um, but when we are asking for ourselves, can energy that is raw. This is my contention, that energy is just raw. And, and Mia has heard me talk about that, so has Debbie. I think everybody has uh, over the last year. Energy is just raw substance. All right? Well, if that's the case, then it can go into a positive state, or it, it, can, be, it can change into something called positive energy. And the same raw substance can change into something called negative energy. So I'll give you a couple of examples. And I'm sitting here right now, but let's say, for example, I watch something on, uh, I'm watching something on TV or whatever, some news comes, and I feel so much compassion for, for whatever reason. I feel, you know, the, maybe there's some poverty I'm seeing or some suffering is there or this COVID thing that's been going on. And we sometimes feel a great deal of compassion. So that, and you've heard Dr. Berman talk about this also, compassion has certain energy. Now, you might want to call it very positive, that it's a very positive thing and something good may come out of it. Now, it's also possible that there can be what we call negative energy. So, in reality, energy is not negative or positive. This is my contention. But it goes into the mental field, our mental mechanisms, and it can take on a certain color. See, it's like if you have water, take water, for example. Water is just water, but if you put some color inside there, it'll take that color on. It's like that. Or take electricity. Electricity is only one thing, but it can, if it goes into the fan mechanism, the fan will turn. If it goes into the computer mechanism, the computer will work. If it goes into the iPhone mechanism, the iPhone will work. If it goes into the light, the light bulb will work. You know, so energy is only one. But it takes different forms based on where it is going and in, in the mechanism that it is going in. So the mechanisms of the mind and of the emotions we have, the mind, mental mechanisms we have, these things are all possible because of energy. But the way they have been programmed or conditioned or developed, that's the way the energy is going to flow. It cannot flow apart from what is there. So for example, if I, am, if I have... For example, thank God I don't, but if I had racism in my mind, uh, 
oh, I don't like, you know, certain group of people, certain community people, certain this, certain skin color, this, this kind of stuff is a lot of, many people have that, unfortunately. But if I had that in my mind, just assume for a moment a person has that in their, in their mind, the energy inside is going to flow through those thought patterns and, and then those thought patterns and beliefs and ideas, they are, they are going to become active because of the energy. I hope that I hope this is clear. You know, without energy, it's not going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. I mean, if you take, for example, someone's fist and they would punch somebody out, that requires energy. But it's it's a violent energy. It's a it's a very focused type of type of power. The power has gotten focused in this way. That would be more accurate to put it, as opposed to a lover giving a beautiful rose to uh, his or her. Her um, beloved is a whole different matter. It's a very compassionate, very loving emotion. There's a great deal of emotion. There's a great deal of of uh, softness and love, and it's a different type of type of type of um, the uh, type of flow of energy. The energy is flowing differently. So in every aspect of our life, at all times in the twenty four hour cycle, the same power. It flows in different ways. It's used, and then it has to be rejuvenated again. That's why we eat food. I mean, it really just begins with food. We eat food. That food gets digested and broken down, and then it's absorbed in the body and the mind. And then the body and the mind can do it, do their work. Now, the notion of conservation of energy is, in my opinion at least, is very much connected to the energy taking a positive turn. If it's conserved, then there is enough silence, there's, like a, there's enough um, uh, stability, like a foundation is built for, for the mind to evolve into something positive. So that's what we want to examine today in the dialogue. What is positivity? What is positive energy? Uh, positive mind, positive thinking, positive feeling, uh, as opposed to the negative. So you've got the positive and the negative and the continuum. And again, these are just words we're using. If the words are on the surface, the underneath phenomena is what we want to look at. I know intrinsically for myself if my mind is in a positive framework or not. Right now, in seeing all of you, definitely there's a great loving and positive frame of mind right now. But then if I'm reading something, or you know, it might change into something else a little bit. So... What is, the question that we are going to examine is, what is positivity? What is positive energy? Or energy that it manifests as positivity, more accurately. More accurately to put it, energy, raw energy, that takes a positive form. The same raw energy can take a heinous, negative, hurtful, terrible form. So we want to examine this. And what are your thoughts about this? What What's coming up? Uh, as you were listening to me, the pur- purpose of the dialogue is to examine what's going on. What was coming through your mind? Maybe you're taking some notes. Maybe you have some things written down. You, you could, please do share because that is how everybody will grow together. Uh, this is not a lecture from me to you. This is a, a dialogue. So we are trying to examine together. As you were hearing me speak about this, what was going on in your mind? What what was what were you reflecting about? Miss Debbie, good to see you. 
um, well, as you were talking, my energy was uplifted. Um, my thoughts were going in good directions. Yes. Um, another thought is the opposite of that, a comparison, which is my parents. Yeah. My parents are very negative. And mm. I am very thankful that I'm not that type of person. I right. may be a worrisome type person and waste my energy in that direction, but um, I always try to be a little more uplifting in circumstances. Um, but I, I also, as you were talking, looked up the word positive. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, you think you know the meaning of a word, and yes. I guess because of dialogue, I want I always want to probe a word mm -hmm. here or there, so I'm always looking up a word. Good, good, very good. And, um, you know, there's other words like optimism, confidence, affirmation that come up when you look at the definition. So, so there's something I just want to make a comment about that. When you look up a word, you will notice that the definition is made out of other words. <laughs> and if you look up each of those words, they're also made out of other words. And if you keep looking them up, if you, if you just keep looking and looking them up, eventually you'll have the whole dictionary, which is, which means, which means what? It, it's a pre, pre, it proves something right there. It proves that each word exists only in relation to or as relative to another word, to another concept. It cannot exist by itself without it being in relation to other other ideas that are interlinked. That means that, that all of language is an interlinked phenomena. Yeah, which, which so. It has to be. It's all interlinked together. And it's interlinked because the language is symbolic of reality, meaning physical reality outside and our own mental reality. So it's, it's, it's both. You know, so for, for example, if I was to say this is a stylus, that's just a name given to this particular thing by somebody. And now we're all using that same name. But there's something, something out there, and then this has a certain definition. But the definition could have many, many different variations to it. The definition could be functional. It could be about the, how it's built or whatever it is. You know, it's, there's some dictionary definition. That definition is also in our mind, and that gives us a better understanding of what that might be. So it's, it's so the it's called the structure of language in a more deeper sense. Our language is internally linked, and there is a whole framework of words and meanings and and whatnot within our mind, right from childhood. So it's within it's programmed within our brain. Now the challenge in dialogue is to look beyond that structure. That's the challenge. So if we use the word positivity or any such synonym for that, to look beyond that would mean to see, I'm sorry, not to look beyond it, but, but to look at what the word is referring to. The word stylus is referring to this thing. 
Some other word could be given for this also. So the word is never the actual thing. The word mind is not the actual mind. The word emotion is not the actual emotion. No word is the actual thing. It's always a symbol of something. That it's, it's like a pointer. If I say, oh, Debbie, look here. So you're looking at my finger, you know, your finger is pointing in a direction so you can look somewhere. If you just keep looking at the pointer, you're missing the point. You're missing the whole, whole mark. So, so purpose of dialogue is to look at what the word is pointing to. Now, what the word is pointing to is not verbal. It cannot be described. It is experience. When I, if I say that I feel positive emotion, or I feel love, I feel compassion, I feel grace, I, I can use a hundred words like this. They all are different also, in some sense. I can say I feel blessed, I feel graced, I feel, feel um, uh, anointed. You know, some people use religious language, like, right? So, uh, somebody might say I feel very balanced, I feel steady, I am steady. These are descriptions. The description of what Sachin is saying, it is an attempt to describe something that is existing within me or me. Even, even if you look at like physical health parameters like blood pressure, it's a description of some phenomena that is existing within the body, which is the amount of you know, blood flow and pressure. and it, It's the actual thing that has been measured and given language to and, and whatnot in, uh, within, within medical sciences. But, but, the, but what the words blood pressure doesn't actually mean anything by itself. It, it refers to the concept that's been developed. I'm sorry, it refers to the actual amount of blood flowing in a particular, particular way. That's the definition. If you go to the definition, it tells you what that word would mean. But even to understand the definition, there's other ideas connected to that. If you just start with blood pressure, you keep looking up definition upon definition, eventually you'll get the whole medical science in front of you. You know, so it, 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 because blood pressure is connected to the heart, the heart is connected to the liver, connect, you know, everything is interconnected. So all of reality is interconnected. That's the bigger idea. But for our purpose in the dialogue, when we examine a word like positivity, what is meant by positive energy? Now, why are we examining this? What's the purpose? If we can actually tap into our own power, if we can tap into it and recognize its... Um, the way it moves within, the recognition, oh, my mind is gone here. My mind is thinking about this. My energy is being changed. This internal recognition is what we are trying to awaken through dialogue. I hope that point is clear. If that's not clear, please ask me about it. But dialogue is not easy to understand. It, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. So I hope that was that was clear. If not, please do ask about it. So, it is, Sachin, uh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, it's a response to the thought and the energy that develops. If you get a good uh, thought, then the energy that 
is being created so the response to the thought is positive energy so, so okay so you're saying response to the thought but see thought itself carries energy thought cannot happen without energy mm -hmm. see, so for example if, if i am sitting here right now and i start thinking about something from the past for, for for whatever reason i my mind jumps into something in the past mm -hmm. which was not a very good experience at that time it jumps into the past and then what happens i start to relive it rethink it i'm i i, I am uh, going to maybe experience some change in my breathing so maybe i start getting a little flustered mm -hmm. I, but all of that i recognize but i don't pay attention to the energy that it takes to generate that do you see this point? If I say, oh, wait a minute, i got to catch myself. My, my, I'm dumping my energy into something from the past. I'm thinking about it for the last five minutes and look at how fast my mind, how much energy got chewed up in that five minutes. I've, I've just thrown it out and, and burned it away. Oh my God, I, wh why should I do that? How ridiculous. Is it necessary to do that? I've already thought about those things before. Why am I thinking about it again? I've gone through There's nothing new for me to really think about in that. But it happens. But it happens, right? It happens because, because we bring it back and that we're trying to come to some resolution with it. Oh, this problem happened. This thing happened. I said this to this person. What does that person think about it? Why did I say it this way? I'm trying to understand it. See, it's one thing to understand what has actually happened within. And... And to see it clearly yourself without distortion. That's a big thing. Whatever somebody else may think about it, you know, we're concerned so much about what other people are thinking, uh, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what, what their impression is of us and all that. But we're not concerned about our own usage of power in our day-to-day -day activity. And if we keep, keep attention to that, there's so much so much harnessing that happens you begin to see things very very clearly and things like regrets torments from the past agitations from the past these things don't affect you because you realize you cannot change the past whatever has happened so many things have happened so many issues problems good things have happened also we cannot change it so there's it fixes it and we want to try to fix it we cannot and fix we, we cannot fix something that doesn't exist anymore Right, right. You know, it it doesn't actually exist at all, and that's the great mystery about the mind, that that sometimes we may have done something we we regret about, but rather than going into regret, kind of say, wait a minute, what happened at that time? Look at the whole twist and turn, and and the, keeping the bigger picture in mind, what to do now? What is the best approach now? There's sometimes there's no point in digging up those things again and again. And then, and then talking them with other people again and again. Because all that does, it doesn't actually resolve anything. You know, now, for example, let's say a person, whoever that might be, told some exaggerated, some strange story to like a bunch of people. Right? Just, just as an example. And then years down the road, the, that person realized that he, did, he or she did that because they were trying to cover something up or, 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 or maybe they were trying to hide something. So this happens. I, I used to have lots of patients with drug and alcohol issues, you know, uh, addiction issues, and they would make up all kinds of stories because they want to keep using the drug. So all kinds of stories are, are made up. And then in their recovery, they would realize that this was just a made-up story 
because I was trying to use the drug, trying to get out of whatever I was involved in. And then they have regret about that. Like, why did I do this? You know, they start beating themselves up and they start thinking about that so much. This is the problem. But when you realize that whatever the reasons were, whatever may have happened, there's no need to even explain to everyone everything. Simply stay in the present and do what you have to do. If somebody asks about it, give some small answer and, and move on from there. You know, otherwise, 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 what will happen? One, one will get very much tangled up inside there. And then what happens? Then the emotions start funneling that energy and the emotions begin to get hurt. We damage the emotion. You know, so, so a person really damages their internal energy system by digging up stuff from the past. And, and it, there is no need to do that. Really, there isn't any, any need. The only thing that is necessary is to say, okay, whatever happened, happened. I can't change it, number one. What do I do about it now, number two? And the third thing is, what did I learn from it? And, and what, what, what's the bigger picture here? Why did that happen? It, it brought me to this point. Now, what do I, how do I move forward from there? You know, so even if someone has made mistakes in the past, people beat themselves up internally about that. Now, others might be criticizing, well, that's one thing. But the individual himself or herself eventually winds up just hurting themselves. Shame and guilt and all the self-blame and all that. And that doesn't, that's not a solution. So then what is the solution? If all of this is not the solution, the perspective in my mind, and please do share what you want to say about this, the perspective in, in my mind is that if we keep attention or when we keep attention to our energy flow, we can catch it. Say, oh, my mind is going into this thing. It's using this energy. Is my energy to be used this way? Should I be using it for this reason in this way? Is there a better way to use it? You know, is there a better way to use it? And if I ask myself, go ahead. The problem is such when you are in a situation like this, it's very difficult. You know, we consciously we have to say, okay, we are going in the wrong direction. Yes, but 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 see, that's that's what can happen when when we go into a dialogue like you realize it afterwards. So so let me ask you a question, Ashley. See. Let's see if we can let's see if we can probe into what you just said. It happens afterwards, okay? Why? Why is it not recognized in the in the present? Let's look at that. Let's look at look at it a little bit in in some depth. You're right. I agree with you. It happens. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. But, but but when it actually is going on, we don't. We are not. We are so lost at that time. Yeah, we we get we get involved so much in that. <laughs> So we forget that, oh, I'm in the wrong direction. <laughs> so notice what you just said. We get involved in that. Let's look at that sentence. That has the answer to your, what you're looking for. That sentence you just spoke. We get involved in it. Who is it that is getting involved in it? And why? My mind. Yes. My mind gets involved. But, but there's, okay, so there's two kinds of involvement, right? There is a certain functional, certain level of involvement that we do need to get into. But above and beyond that, is it really necessary to get involved into, into that? You see? So when you recognize that, oh, I, this, to this extent, I can get involved. 
but apart from that this is this is a waste of energy use good use of energy up to a certain point is good and then and then it turns into wastage that's the difference mm-hmm. energy that is used for living our life in a good positive in a good meaningful way to that extent is fine but once we go beyond that into misuse and abuse and wastage we can we detect oh i'm wasting it here i don't want to waste it here but my mind is still trying to resolve things from the past or is trying to is is trying to choose something you have to come to a resolution think about it and come to a resolution the biggest resolution is that you cannot change the past be okay with it be okay with the fact that you cannot change the past i'm not saying to be okay with all the negative things somebody has done it's not like that whatever has done you cannot change it anyway but you got to leave it alone and grow from there you can't change it and and so, right so so when you say that when we're in the in that activity we can get so involved can you detect energy disturbance sometimes the damage already does has been taken place that's of course part it happens of course <laughs> of course it does because mind yeah. is very fast right but mm-hmm. but even even though mind is very fast you know you, you know people say people say control your mind I I share with you my perspective on this you cannot control your mind. This is a totally false idea. You don't even try to control your mind. That's not going to work. What is better to try to do is to recognize the energy flow within the mind. That is the real solution. Not to control the mind. You try to control the mind, how long you will control it? And then you'll create even resistance within and it will swing back again. That's all that will happen. So I'll give you an example, Sachin. Like people say, you should eat things in moderation, but there's a fine line. We should don't know what is moderation. For. That's what it is. It would have, you would have, you think that you are eating in moderation, but the damage already has been done to your body because that is not moderation for you. <laughs> yes, yes, because the mind yeah. is feeding on sensation. It's looking Absolutely. for certain a certain experience, and so it's looking for an experience that is. um it's looking for more food like a greater quantity because it is not actually brimming with conserved energy if you're already brimming with conserved energy the amount of food you may want to have to eat is relatively less but the more energy loss we have the more we have to try to replenish and then we and then when we if you lose let's say 5% we want to the mind it feels you need to put 20 more percent inside there it's 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 like that you know so so that's the vicious cycle to to break through that to conserve as much power as possible is the key and you'd be surprised how much how conservation works mm-hmm. you know conservation of energy it works in such a way where you are aware oh i'm wasting my energy here let's rebalance it let's rebalance it you keep pulling it back you eat certain amount of food then you know that you have to move the body you have to exercise a bit you have to do certain things body mind balance you should be aware how can i keep my body balanced what what do i need to do each person is different and that and that to get to that balance point and then if you can get to the balance point and detect it the the challenge is to stay there that balance the balancing process is what takes time 
you know, uh, the, uh, the program that, that I've created, the Energy and Personal Excellence program, a few people are in that program and they are, have gone through that. And they, you begin to see how to rebalance exactly all of this. And it's difficult to do in a complete group setting. We're going to do it in groups also uh, at some point in the future. But the point is that when we are able to take our power and say, oh, this is a very precious commodity. I am not going to damage this by unnecessary thinking, by unnecessary worrying, by, 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 by taking actions that are going to bind me. Like what Debbie was saying, she was talking about, you know, the thing with her parents. The parents have certain behavioral patterns or whatever, and they tend to be negative. They're older, whatever their situation might be, they're seniors, you know. But to be caught up in that, it happens so naturally because we are, our mind is connected with others. Connection is one thing. And I've mentioned this before also. Connection is one thing. Entanglement is another. We don't want entanglement. This is my perspective. And if you want entanglement, be my guest. No problem. <laughs> no, none of us want entanglement. Nobody wants that. It's painful. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help anybody. And it's not, it destroys positive energy. It turns it Absolutely. negative. It makes it negative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So entanglement is totally different from duty-oriented, respectful action. So take, for example, an ambulance driver. An ambulance driver goes to somebody's house. The first aid, I mean, they're, they're trained first responders and they see somebody suffering. Will they be entangled with the person? They could, but are they going to perform their duty without bias and to the best of their ability because that is their duty to perform? You know, if they get emotionally overwhelmed at seeing somebody in an accident, they cannot do their job. You see, so they have to maintain professionalism and steady emotion to deal with, 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 with that crisis situation. And if they cannot do that, they cannot do that, do that job. Obviously, they're going to experience some emotion. But there is that, there is that demarcation. Say, okay, what is my duty? I'm going to do my duty with love, affection, care, everything. But at the same time, I am not going to bring that problem inside of me. That example um, might be very beneficial to understand all of this yes what you're saying about you know a medic i know you've referred to you know different examples but this one kind of enlightens me in a different way good then it's the whole purpose of our dialogue because we want to see what strikes you you know yeah. we all have family members we all have friends. We have uh, people that we are interacting with. We care for them, love them. We have interaction with them. There's some disturbances that happen with them also. There's also a relationship with food, as uh, Shridevi is saying. There's all kinds of, kinds of things around us. But what is our right relationship, correct relationship, that doesn't entangle us, that doesn't bind us? That's the question. We have to eat food, but if you're running after too much food is a problem, not enough food is a problem. You know, so the, so the answer to a lot of this is internally there, but in, in, my, in, in my perspective, the answer has to do with raw energy. 
It really has to do with that thing only. Once we recognize, oh, this is my internal massive reservoir and I am damaging this, my, my own power I'm damaging this? How foolish am I? My mind is that that filled with that much ignorance is there is damaging this this tremendous reservoir of power. Why should it do that? You know, and, and, and see, that's the meditative question. That's the one question that we can probe always into is about energy. That's the foundation. And week to week, as days are going by in our dialogues, in our meditations, in our you know, personal work and all the stuff that, that we're doing as we're moving ahead. You know, time is shrinking in life, folks. That's you gotta keep all of this in mind. Time is shrinking. A time will come where this body will go. All the people alive on the earth right now, the 7.5 estimated billion number of people, 120 years from now, nobody will be here. Whole new batch of people will be here. Completely brand new. And then 120 years from that's another hope. Every day people are coming and going. You know, so when we see the bigger picture, it is a call for awakening out of limitations. And that is the work we want to do in Angel Wing. Angel Wing is about that. It's about human transformation. It's about transforming each individual from inside out into higher consciousness, into much greater realization. I mean, just think for a moment. We talk about positive energy. You know, if we if we meditate, if you and I meditate on the fact that every second millions of life forms are coming and going from this world, and we also meditate on the fact that life is time is shrinking, and any time we could go. Nobody has given a guarantee we're going to live X number of years. Who knows? If we just on just on these two points, if we clearly sit with this, how can there be any negativity left? I, I challenge anybody to do it. True. Once you go into this, all the small, small things that we're, we're holding in our head, these things are going to fall away. Our mind begins to expand. We become free. Just by these two meditations. And you don't have to even go anywhere. You can do it anywhere you want. Just have to sit and just watch the world. I mean, if you look at the life of Buddha, Gautam Buddha, before he became the Buddha, <coughs> this is what he did. He was struck by the fact that there's old age and death. <coughs> he was so struck by it that he, his transformation began at that point. We see, we, you know, we pass these uh, funeral homes and crematories and, and, and cemeteries, almost anywhere you go, there's, you, you'll pass one of them within, within a mile or so, within two miles. Every two miles, you probably see one. It doesn't, we don't, don't even give it a second thought that that's going to be us one day. You know? We don't even give it a first thought. We, we try to avoid it, in fact. So, true transformation comes when we see things as they are, we see that everything is like a bubble. And when you see things are so temporary, we become alive. We talked about this before, vitality of death. Vitality awakens. Great energy awakens when you re realize, oh, there's only so much time left. What is the best use of my time? I don't want to be stuck in small, small things. 
And that, that's how the mind expands into much greater joy. See, see, that's where one can find one's passion and really enjoy life. Whatever the passion may be. Of course, we have to do so many things. But we do them and, and actually what will happen, we'll wind up having more free time. Much more free time than, than what we think we, 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 we think. we think we don't have that much time. We actually have a lot of time. But we waste a lot of it. Again, I'm just sharing with you my perspective. Are you all please do chime in and share. I'm just openly sharing with you. You know, because so basically being this gratitude is yeah. is the biggest key for uh, yeah, having a positive energy. Yes. All the I I I tend to agree hundred percent. You know that. See, when we say again, when we use the word gratitude. You know, what does it mean to me? As I'm hearing you say gratitude, what does it mean to me? What am I grateful for? If I ask myself to, to today in my life, what am I grateful for? For so many things I, I'm, I'm grateful for. And, and like, I'm, like I'm grateful to Dr. Chetna to give me the opportunity to do, this, to do some volunteer work with Angel Wing. And these kinds of things to use my 30 years of training and knowledge for the benefit of the society. So it's a good, you know, so that's a, it's a big blessing. Yeah, this is just that's just something in my mind, right? So there are so many things like that. I mean, grateful for a, a relatively healthy body, although there are some diabetes and some other things are there, but we're dealing with that. Miss Irene, good evening, good to see you. Thanks for logging I'm on. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> we are talking about positive energy, you know. So so maybe you can enlighten us as to what 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 that is exactly, you know. So. <laughs> well, energy. I think energy is energy. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think sometimes our mind, for me, when if you allow your mind to go into the things that are not going so well, then you start going down the negative spiral. Yeah. But if you begin with gratitude and all the beautiful things in life, in your life, all the things that you have, uh, all the things that are around you that are so beautiful, then you can just stay focused on positive energy and that attracts even more positive energy. So, so that's an interesting point. She was, what she's saying is that when we get into gratitude, we wind up wind up having positive energy, and that attracts positive, more positive energy. Uh, would you say something more about that? Well, um, I, I think the thing that I can say about it uh, is what I've experienced over my lifetime: that when you allow yourself to compare yourself to other people perhaps or what they have or you know someone uh, you know a lot of uh, children oh that's not fair that he's got that and I don't have I just really think that if you can just stay within your own life whatever may be going on stay focused on the good things and the positive things and whether it's through prayer or through meditation, uh, just send the message out to the universe of what it is that would, you would like to see in your life. I think the positive attracts positive. And, so, um, hmm. and, and, things, and we create our reality. We yeah. create our reality. Um, and sometimes things happen uh, that blindside us and it's eat and we don't know how that happened but it does happen and what we have to do is to 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 try to view what the positive is going to be coming out of that because everything that happens there's a reason for it that's my belief 
and sometimes we can't see it at the time. It is easy to get in a funk and get depressed and go down and get upset. But if you just take a deep breath and just focus on the positive uh, that you have and focus in your mind on the positive that you would like to see appear in your life, uh, I think it just shifts all the energy. It shifts everything. Yes, this is very, very interesting. What she's saying is that if we focus on the positive, when you say focus on the positive, it, so I'm asking the whole group here, is it possible to deliberately focus on the positive? And if you say yes, then why doesn't that happen? Why doesn't it happen consistently? It might happen at times. You see, if it's possible to deliberately focus on the positive, why do we not do it then? Good point. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think because sometimes we look for affirmation from different sources and they're not necessarily accurate. Like the news right now to me is toxic. Yeah. It is absolutely toxic because it doesn't resonate as honest or true in my heart. So I watch it, very little news. I, I read the paper and when it starts affecting my energy field, I stop reading the paper. And we only watch the news very, very little. Instead, I listen to positive music. I listen to uh, things that uplift me and support me. Um, if I go to the store and there's a lot of people and I pick up the energies of people that are arguing over, I just walk away and I leave if I need to because I don't want my energy field to be poisoned or to be shifted or changed because I, I believe I'm an empath and I pick up on other people's energy. So I try to protect my little, my, my little bubble of positivity. It's really important to do that. And um, so I think it happens because... Many of us have become accustomed or programmed or addicted to watching the news and believing everything you're hearing. And I think the same thing goes for religious systems and uh, school systems, any kind of systems. Um, I, I just learned, you know, I just have realized that there's a lot of different agendas out there that are different from what I believe to be honest and true. So I have to separate myself mm -hmm. from that. Very interesting. It, it almost sounds like what you're saying is that there is a way to evolve into your own independent vision. Wow, well, it's true these days, sure. You know, everything is negative. I know I came home and opened today's paper and, you know, it's talking about the racism in 1921, which I'm not sure I remember stories about. And, you know, then you're reading about how they want to take the name from the DuPont Hospital. They want to take his name away. And, you know, that's upsetting. Yeah, it's, you don't read much happy stuff. So you do have to discard it somehow and bring yourself away from it. Because otherwise you will get trapped and be negative. And that's the challenge, perhaps. So as I'm listening to everything yes. everybody's saying, yes. if we if we want to go towards self mastery, as what Angel Wing is about, you know, the three big guiding principles. If we are trying to re reach that state, 
from hearing what Irene said and what Debbie said and what Sri Devi has also said, my reflection is, a, is as follows. That we, can, we need to live in the world, but we need to see the world for what it is and the mixture and the distortion that's in it. Not because we are better than anybody else, but it is just an act of perception. To perceive things as they are, where they are, and in the light that they are in, in that way, we, I mean, that's called choiceless awareness. Choiceless awareness is to see things as they are without bias. We see violence in the world. We see one country versus another. We see one, we see some dictators and we see some really high power people and all this thing has been going on in the whole history of humanity. It's been going on and it continues to go on because it's, the world is hierarchical. Again, these are deeper questions why it's like that. You know, and so at some point, when I have some time, we will definitely get into some of the philosophical questions also uh, um, through Angel Wing and all that. It's very interesting because when we ask ourselves, why are we, why is humanity this way? That's a bigger question. But if we are ourselves trying to reach self-mastery, that would mean we need a conception of what self-mastery is. We also need to know what self-mastery is not. And we also need to know all of those factors, internal and external, that will drag us away from self-mastery. Is, is that true or not? I, I, I mean, you please, I'd learn to hear from all of you, but you don't need to just, I mean, this is not a lecture. And I'm not trying to even convince anybody. I'm just sharing with you what's in my mind. So, what would you, I mean, does that make sense? I mean, does that, do, what do you think about it? I think many times, I, uh, for me, what works is if I'm low, something is not, uh, if not happy, then I tell myself, this, this will also pass. Nothing, it's all transient. Yes. So think the good, good day, times will also come. So this is how I uh, go day by day. That thing is permanent. Bad things will not be there forever. Exactly. Also. So that's another perspective to say that this too shall pass. Right. And it does. Given enough time, everything passes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Given yeah, enough time. I think what might be going on in the world is that not everyone has realized that we're all connected. We're all part of one matrix. Yeah. And what we do to one, what we do to ourselves, we do to others. And, you know, there's so much of this going on all the time, you know, finger pointing uh, just to deflect. And if we could just accept that we're all connected, we all come from source, we're all at different levels of attainment of mastery of ourselves and, and of knowledge of how the world really operates and works. And if we can just respect where everyone else is and respect ourselves for where we are and be able to step back with that judgment, which is very difficult to do in today's world because that's all you see and it's all deflection and it's all BS. A lot of it is BS, not all of it. Not, never is all of it good or bad, but it just all is. Um, I think that's where I think that's where we have the conflict because there always appears to be a group that thinks they have to be right versus the other group that needs to be wrong. Instead of agreeing to disagree, accepting that there has been a lot of really horrible things that have happened in our in throughout 
history from the beginning of time and learning from it instead of trying to erase those things that occurred, learning from them so that we don't have history repeating itself over and over because it's what appears to happen. Um, it's complicated, but if, if we can just step back and say just because mainstream appears to be doing this doesn't make it true or doesn't make it right and say they are, they're growing they're they're getting to where they need to get and and doing it without judgment just being aware but stepping back that that helps um getting angry doesn't help um confronting sometimes doesn't help dialogue helps but we don't even seem to be able to do that without being offensive I don't think too much anymore. And that's what's really painful. I think that's what's really difficult. It's difficult, it's difficult for me. I can't speak for everyone else. It's <laughs> difficult for me to watch that. It's very hard to be out of one's own narrow perspective. You know, and and if you if we are trying to come out of that one of the things that will happen, you may have seen this already, as you are trying to come out of your own narrow perspectives, as I'm trying to do also, we will be able to see other people's narrow, narrow perspectives very clearly. Because once we try to come out of the limitations, we can see other people's limitations. Not as a criticism, but we can just see it, that that's what it is. And, and because of seeing it, one would then need to determine how much distance to keep from it and what interaction to have. You see, so that's another in active intelligence, how much interaction and how much distance to keep so that that outside person's uh, limitation or problem or issue or whatever there was going on, it doesn't come inside of us. The, I think of a doctor who is treating someone who is overdosed on something or there's a it's like a poison control center think of a doctor who who has has a couple of patients who overdosed on some poisonous or they've taken some poisonous uh, substance the doctor let's say even has the bottle that they're used they have the substance is still there does it make sense for a doctor to say I'm going to treat that person by taking this poison myself <laughs> No, but what we do in interacting with other people who are stuck and trapped and they have their confusions and problems and God knows whatever else is going on with them, we take all those issues and we just run headstrong into all of that and, 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 and drink that poison of other people. For what reason? This is my perspective, I'm just sharing with you. As opposed to having compassion... <coughs> the right kind of good kind of interaction with them and so that they can so that they can be benefited and you can be benefited but if a doctor who's working a poison control center says hmm let me also take the same poison that my patients are taking and let me see how I can help them that way when somebody becomes angry hateful hurtful on the outside and we resonate with that that's we're drinking the poison inside we're bringing that poison inside of us as opposed to being aware of what is happening, remaining very calm, re recognizing that energy is not to be damaged from within because of what's going on externally, and then carefully construct the right response. 
That's master. That, that takes time to master. That is mastery. That's correct. That is mastery. But what happens is we have been, I believe that we as a society have been so conditioned to pleasing first our parents, then our teachers, then our bosses, that we forget to please ourselves and to look within and to acknowledge that makes no sense. That's not going to work for me. I cannot relate to that. There's no integrity in what I'm being told by this person or that person. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't resonate with my soul. That takes time. And even when you achieve some level of mastery through wisdom and, uh, and challenges, yes, because we're human, we will slide back a little bit and then you move forward a little bit and then you slide back a little bit. It's kind of like every, you're in and out of mastery. You're in and out of joy. You're in and out of sadness. You're yes. in and out of all these emotions because um, I want to get to Nirvana all the time where I'm like up there and I don't let anything or anyone <laughs> ruffle my feathers as they say. But that it, that takes a lot of work and well, it takes <laughs> a lot of um takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of focus. You have to focus on it very intently every minute all the time. And, and, and it has to do with how badly you want that. You know, if you want, if you really, like if there's, how many of you have, four, four, eight, three, three, six, seven, you have eight people right now. If eight, if eight of us say, we really want this, eight of us decide that 100% we want mastery. We don't, we want to really go into this. Then, then the real journey begins. A genuine search begins. The right exploration begins. Taking the right steps occurs. You know, but if we if half-heartedly we say, oh, sounds good, sounds like a good thing, we had learned a couple of meditation techniques, heard some nice things, and then after about 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, after all that is done, the mind just, we just go right back to our default mode as, as, as uh, Chetna talks about. See, to prevent that, if you can say, no, I want to maintain my mastery. So that means you are deliberately maintaining that heightened awareness of not losing your power. And, and I think anyone who has reached what we consider to be extraordinary heights in life, this is my perspective, has simply done that. They have learned that they have understood and have put their attention on taking their energies and directing them towards their passion and their vision. And they have not allowed anybody to obstruct that. And that's, the, that's how humanity progresses. Humanity doesn't progress by mediocrity. Humanity progresses by those who are ready to take their internal vision and take it all the way. And that's different for each person. Really, it's different for each person. Somebody, it might be in an academic career. Somebody, it might be in playing an instrument. Somebody, it might be in, in serving the society. Somebody, it might be in, in, the, in the political arena. Whatever. Somebody, it might be fighting an injustice. Somebody, it might be invention or, or medical research. It just, it just varies. I mean, it's not... It, there's the, the, the diversity is limitless. But self-mastery can only come about, this is my perspective, I'm just sharing with you straight straight out, it can only come about when our internal power is not damaged. 
And that's everything, getting angry, getting upset, negative emotion, worrying about others and, and getting entangled with them and, and the problems of the world and bringing them inside our mind. And all of that stuff, is that going to help us? Or is that going to, going to destroy our energy? This is a question. And then, and then, if, you, and then if you're going towards self-mastery, there's also this internal world of memory that we have to deal with. It's there, and that's what the world we live in. But we don't have to live in that world of memory. Memory is for, we can use memory as needed, and we live in the world that we want of our choosing, in the present. Now, that's a little interesting thing. Somebody might say that I'd love to teach. Let's say somebody's a teacher. So, so they could choose to live in that world of being a teacher and learning and growing and enjoying their life in every way. Why be stuck in past memories? Use past memories as a guide only. If, if a person can learn to use past memories only as a guide and to masterfully move through them, you've won the, you've won the mental game. Fundamental game, and, and then I, I think uh, on the more religious side, people who are religious oriented towards God and spirituality in that way, they want to remember the past incidences of the great sages and or of Jesus or of the incarnations or whatever it might be. They want to want their mind to be absorbed by that divinity. That's okay. That's beautiful. Uh, you know, th- 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 but that's done consciously. But if, but if a person watches 20 horror movies, what do you think is going to happen to the mind? Is it going to find nirvana and enlightenment? I like to, I don't know if it does, I'd, somebody tell me about it. I'd like to meet that person. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> personally, <laughs> I cannot watch gory movies. I've never been able to watch gory movies. I like movies with happy endings, happy movies. My grandson came over and we were watching Charles Webb, which is a delightful little movie because it's a happy movie. It's about kindness. It's about taking the little runt and feeding it or whatever, which is one of the reasons I was late because it kind of got away from me. But, you know, it's it's learning for me. For me, it has been about learning about my own energy field and learning to recognize when I'm in the (coughs) presence of anyone that is lowering my vibration and getting away from that because I cannot shift anyone else's vibration, but I can certainly shift myself away from folks that whose vibrations are toxic. I'll be, I'm busy, baby. Uh, you know, uh, I want to be able to step away from the vibration of anyone that's toxic. Yes. Yes. I can't shift that person. I can't, I can't do it for them, but I can certainly just walk away and say, no, this isn't feeling right. And, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you can, we can't all do that. Um, you know, when I was working, it was difficult to do that. So now that I'm not working, it's a little bit easier. But even within your own family, everybody's in a different level of mastery or yes. um, energy. Uh, and But when you start recognizing... That I think it's very helpful because at least you're able to. I'm 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 becoming more apt and able to manage it. Exactly, exactly. Okay, folks, we are at closing time here. 
let's go just go through some final comments i'll just, just go one at a time and then we will end here so once again thank you very much for sharing it's been a tremendous dialogue time just seems to fly by <laughs> you know when we when we start talking about these things uh let's start with shri devi uh, anything you'd like to say yeah we basically i loved hearing everyone and i just have to make practice what i have heard and so that i can yes think have positive energy yes the day flowing yes yes the, we have to practice basically <coughs> okay uh, my question to you is some people are born with a personality like that they always have positive uh <coughs> always look into positive things is so it a innate personality when when people are born or it's possible yes uh, there is a possibility that based on various circumstances genetic and environmental that that a person may just have a very positive outlook it, it's possible yes um right yeah but people like me i have to practice and learn more <laughs> yes that's fine that's fine okay thank you very much debbie please go ahead uh, final comments for today um, I'm not sure. Um just lots of things to think about. Um I think we've made a lot of good points tonight. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Okay, so good. Certainly certainly having positive power is more beneficial than negative. Exactly. Then we can choose that. If, if, yes. If we Yes, that. if we choose it, very nice, Miss uh, Irene. Uh, your final comments at all? Anything? You no, know, I'm just really grateful for being able to be on this platform and share with everyone, uh, because I believe we're all learning from each other. <coughs> okay. And um, I learn from everyone every week, and um, just love to see it continue to grow, so that we can have more. Um, folks tune in and and share um because exactly that that's really what it's all about uh we can all really truly learn from each other and help each other definitely thank you very much thank you very much miss mia do you want to say anything i don't know <laughs> if she wants to you can unmute if you want to and if you want to say anything uh, there's miss marianne if you want to say anything so and there's also alexandra I I love to hear you all and I make a notes and for me it is such a special I I owe this to Shatana who was always wonderful person for me and and uh, what I'm doing um all my life I have all kinds of scholarship all over the world and I wrote about 30 books and published author and I write about people that I admire like you guys most of the most of you and i i am in non fiction i wrote about the people who had the second wars they survived what happened to them later in siberia in mexico and this is like a this is for me listening to you is like a it's like a beautiful like listening to the music thank you Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Listening is a big thing, you know, and we all do it together. So appreciate you logging in. Please do keep coming back. And then we also had a thank you from our uh, mysterious fire icon, whoever that is. So thank you uh, for always being with us. Uh, that's a great mystery. So there, there we go. Uh, and 
Miss Mia, I don't know if you want to say anything at all. Uh, if, she, if, she, if she's still on. And then there's a Miss Marianne. If you want to say Miss Marianne, do you want to say anything? I don't know if she's still there or not. Okay. All right. Well, I just want to wrap it up here. I want to thank you all. And remember, maybe we can do this this week is to really just make a decision to be aware of not damaging our energy and maintain the positive mindset. Maintain that beautiful open mind, you know, positive mind. And just stay in that. And, and, and see, see the miracle that happens. See what happens. Maybe we can share it with each other next week. That'll be interesting. Only... Okay. All right. Thank you all. I'll see you guys next time. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Take Thank care. So Have much. a happy, good, good, happy, nice, nice holiday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. No. I did something. It was hard and you won't like it. 